Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Welcome to Make It Clear. My name is Stan Pons, and I'm your Bible teacher and host of Make It Clear and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. I am delighted today to introduce you to a dear friend of mine who has a very solid ministry that has been used by God to transform marriages and lives in a very, very special way. And I'm so glad that you are with us to be able to hear this broadcast, whether it's on radio or our podcast network. Now, you know that our general trend is to teach the Bible book by book, verse by verse. But occasionally, I'll bring in a guest so that you could meet someone who has impacted my life. And if they've impacted my life, I believe they can impact your life. Today, our special guest is Dr. Carl Elkins. He's one that has a wonderful counseling center in Houston, Texas, for many years. It's called Christ Way counseling. And you really need to look that up on the internet because you're going to find that he offers a plethora of opportunities for you to strengthen your marriage or to even strengthen your walk with the Lord. Now, Dr. Elkins is one who's been trained at Dallas Theological Seminary, Colorado Christians uh, University. He has 26 years of in-the-chair counseling experience with people. Over 4,700 clients will call them. People have come in with broken lives, broken relationships with the Lord, and perhaps with others. And he's been able to show them a map, a biblical map that has been practical, doable, and effective. Over one third million conflicts he has dealt with. So I want you to know that he has the tools, the biblical tools, the Holy Spirit tools, but also a heart with love for all of you. Today, our theme is going to be why do relationships struggle and fail? I'm sure that if you go down memory lane, you might be thinking about relationships that have failed all around you and your family and friends. And perhaps, and I say this as tenderly as I can, even maybe in your life. But why did that happen? And then how can you improve those relationships? So it's not just about pointing fingers and blame and leaving people underneath the umbrella of guilt, but it's also helping to direct them to a solution, a solution that is sustainable and it really works. Well, let's welcome to our program today, Dr. Carl Elkins. Welcome, Carl. Thank you, Dr. Pons. It's really a delight to be with you. I've had the opportunity of knowing Carl for many years. In fact, I've talked to him and I really heard his heart. So I had him do a seminar for us in beautiful Honolulu. And the crowd came out and was greatly changed in a way that focused them upon the Lord. Then we did it again in Orlando. And I've used him multiple times and I've seen the results. So it's not just somebody I heard about and I want you to meet. I'm talking about someone that has impacted my life and I've watched him in the driver's seat, so to speak, working with others. You claim misconceptions about needs and, and relationships. And so talk to us a little bit about that. What are some of these misconceptions and what are the way we think wrong that then filters into a relationship and it begins to break down and sometimes crumble so much it seems to be irreparable? One of the things that I grew up hearing in a conservative church for many years was that God was only what I need. God is all you need. And I found that when I had this God-only mindset, that I would tend to minimize the needs of other people, right? If I didn't have needs, then certainly other people didn't have Mm -hmm. needs. And if God's all I need, then God should be all that you need. But the truth of the matter is, is that God, who could have created us any way he wanted to, I mean, we'd all agree with that, but he chose to create you, create me with needs that could only be met in the context of a relationship with God and other people. So some of the lies, we only need God, I think, 
I hope to forever shatter that notion that we need other people because Adam's aloneness proves we have needs. Tell me about that. Well, you remember in chapter one of Genesis, he created the stars and he saw that it was good. He created the sea creatures. He saw that it was good. He created the vegetation. He saw that it was good. And then in chapter two, verse 28, he said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And would you agree if your sovereign creator came down, looked you in the eye and said, something's not good? that would be somewhat of a crisis. It would certainly be a crisis. (laughs) And interesting, what was the solution to the crisis? It wasn't more prayer with God. It wasn't a closer relationship with God. It was a person. And that's significant because, as we know, that's before sin entered the world. So Adam had an aloneness problem even before he had a sin problem. That'll shock a lot of people. I'm sure that it will. Now, when some people hear that, they may say, well, I don't have someone in my life. I'm not married. Does that mean that I'm still not in a good place? How would you respond to that? Well, the Bible tells us that God has set up three institutions to remove our aloneness. Of course, in Genesis 2, we see marriage. It's not good for the man to be alone. The solution to Adam's aloneness was Eve. And then in Genesis 4, the family comes along. And then we see in the book of Matthew that the church comes along. So there's three institutions that remove our alumnus. But our point here is that only people can remove alumnus. That's an excellent point. And uh, while intimacy with the Lord is paramount, but at the same time, he said, I also want people in your life. And that's why we have the one another principles. Exactly. I mean, if God commands me to respect you, to encourage you, to comfort one another, so forth, then that just must mean you and I need comfort, respect, and encouragement. I mean, if I'm to comfort you, as God says, but you don't really need comfort, then he has asked me to do something irrelevant. He doesn't do that. Talk to me a little bit about love is not meeting a need. What, what do you mean by that? Well, if we agree with the fact that God did create us with needs, it's not weak to have needs. It doesn't make you selfish to have needs. We tend to think there's a lie out there that says that love is meeting someone's need with good intentions. And that's a noble start, but I think we can do better than that. Because we say love is not meeting a need. Love is meeting the need of the moment from God's perspective. That's a powerful phrase you just said, is meeting the need of the moment. What does that mean? Well, I'm convinced that all you have to do to upset someone, Dr. Pons, is pick a need, try to meet it. And if you meet the wrong need, you will actually make someone mad. I know I certainly didn't appreciate when my wife used to tell me where to turn and where to park. And with the best of intentions, she thought she was giving me support. And if she were here to defend herself, she'd probably say, well, at that time, I thought driving was a team sport. Right? <laughs> With the best of intentions, she's trying to give me support. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, gosh, this woman must think I'm so stupid. I can't find a parking place at Randall's. My need is really respect. I want her to think that I'm smart enough, competent enough to find a parking place. But she thought it was support. So when you talk about a need of the moment, I think wedded in there somewhere is also understanding what the various needs are at that particular moment or in that particular persona or psyche. We really do have to learn the skill of listening to see what the need of the moment is. You can tell it from what people say. You know, if your wife says to you, we never have time to talk. Well, that's probably a need for attention. You know, stop telling me how to drive. Well, that's probably a need for respect. I've really had a bad day today and I don't know why. Well, that's probably a need for comfort. And it's been amazing to me, Dr. Pons, that uh, of the 4,700 clients I've had and the third of a million conflicts that I've heard, I think I can trace every one of those conflicts to a violation of one of 10 to 12 needs. Talk to us about that. Well, um, there's over 30 one another commands in the scripture, but I find that we have a list of about 12, 10 to 12 needs that 
continually come up. I've been able to address most of the conflicts with those 10. Acceptance, attention, affection, appreciation, approval, comfort, encouragement, instruction, respect, security, support. Uh, I sometimes throw in admonition and instruction. Nobody ever wants that, right? But uh, (laughs) that's sometimes what people need, even though they don't need it. One, excuse me. You talk about the need of the moment. Biblically, where's support that through scripture? Ephesians 4.29 says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word that's good for edification according to the need of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear. And have you ever said something to someone and it does not give grace to those who hear? Well, this verse tells you why. You didn't meet the need of the moment. If we exegete this from the top down, it says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. And you think, okay. Lord, what exactly is an unwholesome word? I don't want to do that. But it defines it in the rest of the verse as any word that does not edify or build up. All right. Let's say we have a listener that says, okay, I get that, that I should know my mate so well or the, another person that's significant in my life. And I, um, I don't really care about the need of the moment. You know, I have my own needs. Why, why would I care about their needs? What happens when we don't know what the need of the moment is or we don't care about meeting the need of the moment? What happens well, I think uh, Dr. David Ferguson of Intimate Life Ministries, who's developed this model of intimacy, has really hit on to some powerful things here. But there are three obstacles to intimacy. One is that we exalt our needs. Yeah, Carl, I know I have these needs and getting my need met, that's the most important thing on the table. Well, that'll make you selfish. And I think we all know it's hard to be close to a selfish person. But the other spectrum is someone who denies their needs. No, I don't really have so many needs. If I did, me and God, we'd take care of it ourselves. Well, here's a person that's struggling with the sin of self-sufficiency. And then there's someone in between who, yeah, I really do have needs, Carl, but I feel guilty that I do. If I had more faith, I wouldn't be so needy. If I were just a stronger Christian, maybe like my pastor, I wouldn't be so needy. Now we have someone who's condemning their needs. Now, I think you see all of these, all three of these in the prodigal son story. Tell us about that. Well, you remember he comes to his dad and says, give me my inheritance and give it to me now. <laughs> yeah. Sounds a little bit like selfishness, right? Mm-hmm. And then he spends it all on loose living. And he says, I got myself into this jam. I'll have to get myself out. So uh, now he's struggling with the sin of self-sufficiency. It's not working out too well. He decides uh, it was better for him at home. He heads home with his head hung low. I'm not worth my father bringing me back as a son. Remember that? Mm. But maybe he'll hire me as a hired hand. I'm not worth my father loving me. So there's a lot of self-condemnation there. Mm. Well, dear ones, in case you just tuned in, you are listening to Dr. Carl Elkins of the Christ Way Counseling Center in Houston, Texas. My name is Stan Pons. I'm your host, and I'm also the president of Florida Bible College. You're hearing a lot of great information, but I want you to know it's not just tea and sympathy we're talking about here. We're talking about a biblical foundation of solutions to broken relationships or those that are nearly broken. We're talking with a man who has been doing this for a long time, and you have an opportunity just in a few minutes to hear some very wonderful biblical and practical um, identification of problems, but also some solutions. Perhaps, though, you're saying, uh, we have some severe issues, and I've been praying about who I could go see or who I could go talk to or how I could get some help. At the end of our broadcast, we're going 
going to tell you how that you can get that help through Dr. Elkins and his team. Some of you are saying, I'm in a church now and I'm responsible for some of the counseling, although it's lay counseling, but I need some special help, some intensive training. Uh, how can I do that? We're going to explain how you can do that through Florida Bible College and through Make It Clear, and of course, with Dr. Elkins, and you'll be able to find out a way to be a part of that. So we'll be sharing that with you shortly, but let's continue on here. Let's talk a little bit more about these needs. You know, let's say the person says, you know what? I don't care about this any longer. I have my rights. (laughs) I have my rights. If I had to pick the single biggest reason that most relationships struggle and fail is because people focus on their rights versus their responsibilities. And if you do that, here's what your conversations will sound like. I can't believe you didn't take the trash out. Well, maybe I'd take the trash out if you weren't so angry and demanding. Well, maybe I wouldn't be angry and demanding if you just see it and do it. Well, maybe I'd do more around the house if you're more grateful for what I do. What do you do? I do everything around here. Well, I am done with this conversation. Isn't that how so many of us try to communicate? We focus on our rights and not our responsibilities. Talk to me about that. What's the difference between a right and a responsibility? Because don't we have rights? I mean, here we are, we're a Christian. The example I like to give is the Bible says, husbands, love your wives. It's the husband's responsibility to love. It's the right of the wife to receive love. Notice his responsibilities to her become her rights. Her rights are basically his responsibilities. The Bible says, wives, respect your husbands. It's her responsibility to respect. It's his right to receive it. When the Bible says it's your responsibility to do something, it's the other person's right to receive it. But what's interesting here, and this is a powerful point, Dr. Pons, can you see how we both have rights and responsibilities, just using the love and respect analogy? So which one of those we focus on will determine the success of our relationships, period? That's huge what you just shared, because many that have been Christians for a long time, they have now come over the line and they realize that there is a rights and responsibilities, but they now say, I have no rights. I got to yield my rights. I got to give up my rights. I have no rights. And what you're saying is there are certain rights that God does give us, but we also have that balance with responsibilities. So speak again to those that might be saying, no, we have no rights. Well, there's two errors. And sometimes the most dangerous error is something that's half true. Right. Mm, you've heard that's that a, true. That's good. A clock that stopped is at least right twice a day. You've heard that one. But <laughs> a clock that's 15 minutes off is never right. And it's close enough to the truth that you might miss an important meeting. I think there's two extremes that we err on. The world tells us to demand your right. If you don't put your foot down, nobody else will. Don't take that from them. Girl, 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 you need to draw more boundaries. And although I think there's a proper use of boundaries, a lot of people are misusing the concept of boundaries. But at the other extreme is the Christian community. Probably up until about 40 years ago, not so much now, but we were taught that we don't have any rights. We need to just deny our rights. Christ didn't have any rights. He gave up his life on the cross. You need to take up your cross and follow him. But the truth of the matter is Jesus did have rights. It's what he did with them. He acknowledged his God-given rights, but then he yielded them into the hands of an all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful God, which is what we need to do if he exists. That is a wonderful illustration and example of it. Let's talk a bit about intimacy. And I know right now people are leaning into this and he's going to give the sex talk on this. It might bleed into that a little bit, but really it's more than that before we get into all that. It's, it's just the intimacy. So define for us, what is intimacy? Why do we need intimacy? And what are the obstacles to it? I like Dr. Ferguson's definition of intimacy that's deep, mutual knowing for the purpose of caring involvement. 
And there's three Repeat parts. That, would you? Deep mutual knowing for the purpose of caring in Baal. Mm-hmm. And he would take that from three Hebrew words, yada, sod, and sakan. One of those words means that God knows us. The other one means that he lets us know him. And the third one is the whole purpose for the mutual knowing is caring involvement. And we can have that with God and we can have it with others. I know you, you know me, and the whole purpose for that is caring involvement. Some people say that intimacy is, and I'm going to really reduce it to the most fundamental, almost simplistic, is into me see, allowing you to come into me to see who I am and you for me so I could get to know who you are. But not just so that we can pick you apart, but the intimacy is to draw toward each other for the purpose of adding value to one another. Wow. And just notice what will happen to intimacy if you're too self-sufficient, that -hmm. you don't have any needs, that God's all you need. Uh, Dr. Ponce, do you realize that it is impossible, impossible to have genuine koinonia fellowship with a bunch of self-sufficient people? Oh, my, yes. So you're saying there's absolutely critical need that we have intimacy with God and then that gives us the uh, the sustainability to have intimacy with others, but only if that other person will let you get into their world. They have to be vulnerable. They That's have to it. admit they have needs. You know, I ask pastors all the time, why do they not teach that we have needs? Mm. And the most common response is, well, if you teach that people have needs, they will become selfish. Well, does that really mean the need is wrong or does that mean what we're doing with our need is wrong. And I would say it's what we're doing with our needs. Mm-hmm. So, but then we shouldn't go to the other extreme and just to say we don't have them, that God's all we need. All right. What's there some obstacles now? You gave one, but open up that a little bit more. Obstacles to having intimacy with our mate. Let's go there. And we're not yeah. talking the sex part. We're just talking about getting a chance to dial into who they are, which could be a, a dear friend. It could be a parent. It could be our brother or sister or even our kids. So what are some of those? Some of the obstacles to intimacy? Yes. Yeah. Well, if we exalt our needs, that'll make us selfish. And the reason that we're selfish is we really like faith. You may not see that, but the solution to selfishness is faith, right? If you cheat on your income tax or your expense reports, it boils down to the fact that you don't really believe God is Jehovah Jireh, mm. my provider. Mm. If I do the right thing, he's going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. So then self-sufficiency, I don't need anybody. The solution to that's going to be humility. We have to come to the place where we do realize that we need God and other people. And I found it interesting. The solution to self-condemnation is uh, will surprise you. And it only makes sense if James 1.17 is true that every good thing comes from above. But when you wake up and you start thinking, wow, I have my eyesight today. I have my health. I have a job. That gratefulness is actually what helps you to conquer self-condemnation. Because if God keeps meeting your need, you back into thinking, wow, I must have worth and value if God keeps meeting my need. So what do we do if the other person isn't meeting our need and we have our rights, we have our needs, we have our expectations, and they're just not being met by someone with whom we would want to be intimate. What do we do then if we're not getting that from another person? If we're not getting our need from another person, what do we do? Mm -hmm. You know, the amazing thing about the way God created us is we tend to give what we receive. You know, if I told you, wow, that is a nice looking shirt you have on, mm-hmm. your next response would probably be, thank you, Carl, I appreciate that. Well, I gave you a praise, you gave me one back. And you know, that's the beauty of the log and spent, spent, uh, spec principle. The Bible says, take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Uh, we've probably all had that situation where I can't believe you did A. Well, I wouldn't have done A if you hadn't done B. Wouldn't have done B if you hadn't done C. <laughs> and then one person will say, all right, all right, look, I'll own my part. I was wrong. I should not have done that. And usually the next person, the next words out of the other person's mouth are, 
I was wrong too. I should not have done that. So that's just how we're wired. We tend to give what we receive. Well, dear ones, those of you that have been listening to us today, I want you to know we've been talking with Dr. Carl Elkins of the Christ Way Counseling Center in Houston, Texas, and he's been giving us some information that will help us strengthen relationship with others and a plethora of information. But we all know that each person, although they'll have the same principle of selfishness and condemnation and guilt, et cetera, they have unique stories, unique issues that brought on that hurt that they have. And of course, hurting people hurt others. And now you've got problems with lots of relationships and not not just one. One program, one broadcast here on Make It Clear cannot solve everyone's problems. But what it can do is to open your eyes to know that in Christ, there are solutions to marital and broken relationships if it's done correctly. And so, Dr. Elkins, talk to us a little bit about Christway Counseling Center for those that want to come in. I know that you deal with people that are in the Houston area and the area of Texas, but I also know that people really are sent They've tried the rest. Now they need to get something that really works. And they come in from around the country, and some even come from out of country. Talk to us about what your counseling center provides to help other people have that intimate relationship with the Lord and one another better. I find that most relationships struggle for a lack of one or more of about 25 biblical principles. The need of the moment would be one. Take the log out of your own eye. That would be another one. I find that if you can get people to incorporate, live out, experience these 25 biblical truths, they get better. It really is amazing. Now, I never found that one-hour sessions was very helpful for marriage counseling. Usually what would happen, the woman would vent for 40 minutes, talk about how awful her husband is. The (laughs) husband had five or 10 minutes to share his side of the story. And really, I didn't have any time to do anything. And what we did then is just surface all the hurt, send them on their way. I think they went away worse than when they came. So true, true. we started experimenting uh, with these three-day marriage intensives, and we would just lock a couple in a room, and they would either work it out or they'd kill each other. It'd go either way, right? <laughs> so now we have the opportunity to help people from out of state, out of country. They can come in for three or four days, spend some time with us, and see amazing results. It really does work better when you do it all up front. And so if you are interested in really coming together for not just a retreat, but a serious time with a relationship breakdown, and you would like to have someone from a biblical perspective to be able to help you on a practical level, then I encourage you to contact them at Christway Counseling Center. That's Christway Counseling Center, and their website is Christway Counseling. Very easy. ChristwayCounseling.com. ChristwayCounseling.com. Now, you also, besides these intensive, what else do you offer through Christway Counseling Center? Well, we can do that 25 biblical principles one-on-one, but for people that are on a limited budget, we also do it in a group format we call a marriage clinic. We average about seven couples to this, but they get the same teaching, the same 25. We're just not there to handhold them through the exercises. They do that on their own. Of course, a great way to do this is to attend one of those at low cost. Uh, We even have some scholarship money to help people that need help with that, and then maybe do follow-up with us on a one-on-one basis as needed. When I was in Honolulu, we invited Carl and his wife to come, and they did this together, and they did that uh, three, four-day intensive there as a church. We did it again in Orlando at Florida Bible College, and it really was impactive for those who came. So for a moment, I'd like to speak to those of you who are pastors or Christian leaders, those of you that have an influence with a greater group of people, whether you're a counselor yourself. 
Carl is welcome to come to your area. And if you would give them an opportunity of a place, he'll be glad to talk with you about how he can travel around the country, wherever you might be, and do one of those marriage clinics right there, so to speak, in your own backyard. Because we're a podcast that also goes global, for those of you that would like to have him come and do this globally in your area, all you need to do is to contact him. Now, you can contact him through ChristWayCounseling.com, or you can contact us at MakeItClear.org. That's MakeItClear.org, and we'll give you more information about Carl. I'll answer questions for you about how he did this and what was involved, and all we're here to do at Make It Clear is to be able to share with you God's Word in such a way that it's clear and understandable and accurate so that God's Word could do God's business in your life for the glory of God. Carl, thank you so much for being with us today. It's great to be with you, Dr. Pons. Again, I want to thank all of you listeners for being with us, but I also want to thank you listeners that recognize that these types of programs are really listener-supported. I want to thank all of you who give to make it clear. This way we can provide these broadcasts and continue our ministry, which is quite extensive as well. If you'd like to know more about Make It Clear, then go to makeitclear.org. If you'd like to give to make it clear. I just want you to know how grateful I am to the Lord for you that would like to support our ministry so we can take the Word of God correctly and clearly into every person's world. If you go to makeitclear.org, you can give in a very secure fashion there, or you can mail your checks to 621 Field Club Circle, Castleberry, Florida, 32707. In any case, I want to invite you to be with us next time for Make It Clear as we help you learn the Word of God clearly and correctly so that you too can make it clear in someone else's life. God bless each of you. Until next time, this is Stan Pons with Make It Clear and president of Florida Bible College. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear.